Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dorm Discussions. Uh, today, we're joined again by everybody's favorite podcaster. It's Jack. <laughs> we back. Yep, we're back. Um, it is Thursday, December 3rd, 8.26 p.m. by the time we're recording this. Today, we've, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to start with some MLB talks. Um, we're going to discuss the NBA there was just a big Russell Westbrook, John Wall trade that went through last night, uh, and we'll talk about what that does for Houston and Washington, respectively. We'll discuss the NFL a little bit. Uh, the Steelers <laughs> just beat the Ravens last night. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday afternoon, uh, Wednesday afternoon football game. How about that? Um, so yeah, we'll talk about the NFL a little bit, and then we'll even discuss college football a little bit and whether or not Ohio State deserves to be in the college football playoff. Uh, they've only been able to get four games in so far due to COVID. And to put it in perspective, Notre Dame has nine games played. And Ohio State needs to play two more games, I believe, to qualify for the Big Ten Championship. So, yeah, that's the, the outlook of this episode. Um, and without further ado, let's, let's jump into it. All right, so as I mentioned, uh, we're going to start it off today with the MLB, and we're going to talk... We're going to talk Twins. Um, so the Twins have recently just made the news yesterday um, as they declined to offer a 2021 contract to Eddie Rosario, who last year uh, led the team in RBIs with 42. Um, obviously, it was a shortened season. Uh, so he his stats last year went like this. He had a 257 batting average. He had 13 home runs, 42 RBIs, as I mentioned, and that was in 57 games played. His uh, on-base percentage was like 316. Um, but yeah, it it was an uh, interesting season for the Twins. Uh, they, they played well in the regular season. Obviously, they made it to the playoffs, and they, they won the division, so they didn't even have to play in the wild card game. But they ended up getting swept by the Astros. So, Jack, I'll, I'll start you off with this. Should the Twins re-sign Eddie Rosario? I think that the Twins should have uh, re-signed Eddie Rosario at the right price. Eddie's a guy who I personally think he can carry your team um, in the lineup um, with RBIs and home runs for you know many games. I've seen him over the last few years against teams like Cleveland and um other big time teams in the MLB, he'll literally just put the team on his back and have, you know, six home runs in a series or, you know, over a couple series and really just kind of carry the team. So I think that's something that I'm personally going to miss out of Eddie, but he has been super inconsistent over the last few years. Some games where it's like, you know, should he really be even in the lineup? And other times he looks like an all star. So you never really know what you're going to get with Eddie. But I think he does have that star potential that you necessarily can't really teach. So Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I've gotten with Eddie, too, is just the inconsistency. Cause, and, and let me say this before we go any further. So the Twins still have a chance to re-sign him. He's still going to be talking to teams in free agency. Um, so the Twins just declined to offer like a team extension or whatever the hell it was. I think it was going to be for like $10 million for next year. Um, but yeah, so you could still see Eddie Rosario in the Twins uniform yesterday or next year. But as Jack mentioned, with the inconsistency, I mean, 
I, I was honestly kind of surprised looking at the stats. I thought his batting average was going to be lower than 257. Um, and, you know, he, he, th- we, were talk- we were just talking about the shift that has become so prevalent in the MLB um, before we hopped onto this podcast. And, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys who gets the shift. And he just seems so reluctant to hit the ball the other way. I mean, he is just dead pull all the time. And that, that pisses me off. His hands are unbelievable. Yeah. I seriously think he's one of the few guys in MLB that has similar hands to Vlad Guerrero. He swings at everything. Sheesh. Every... Vlad, huh? Yeah. Sheesh. Dude, he literally swings at every <laughs> pitch. First pitch, swings. Second pitch, swings. And he somehow makes contact. And if his hands and his timing and his swing is on, he's unstoppable. But... With the Twins farm system and, you know, Eric, Alex Kirloff played in that yeah. playoff game, it's tough to kind of sign a guy like Eddie Rosario when we do have outfielders and outfielders is not something that necessarily we are hurting. So Yeah, yeah, he, he's up there to swing it. He's, he's not getting cheated when he goes up there. Um, and, yeah, he – whatever. Eddie's a cool story. I think that Minnesota loves him. I mean – it's, it's a guy that you'd like to see in a Twins uniform. But again, as Jack mentioned, we have Alex Kirloff. We have Brent Rucker. Or is it Brooke Rucker? Brent Rucker. Brent Rucker. And he's another outfielder. Um, I think he's first base. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, I think he was listed as an outfielder. He might play some outfield. Well, a lot of those guys are interchangeable. Yeah. Either way, the Twins have had a really good farm system for a while now. And, um, you know, you wonder if you get rid of Rosario, maybe some of these young guys can get in there and get some experience. Uh, Do you think that we should let Kirloff get more of a chance in left? Well, I think one of the big things is going to be signing all of our young pieces. The Twins have a lot of young pieces um, in our lineup. Um, You look at Sano, Kepler. Nelson Cruz. Well, Cruz, <laughs> Cruz is not young. He's not Cruz, young. Cruz is old. Very old. <laughs> the grandpa of the, yeah, I don't, the squad. I don't know how he does it at his age. I mean, his his stats at his He's age a beast, dude. are unbelievable. Is, yeah, still one of the best hitters. So, yeah, you got Snow. Who else? Polanco. Uh, Buxton. Buxton, yeah. Burrios, I mean. Yeah, we just, we just signed Barrios. Okay. Um, surprisingly, it was a pretty... Uh, friendly deal yeah it was like twins, five million or something like that and, and then we nabbed duffy for something like that too it's like six million and he was one of the better relievers in baseball last year and uh 2019 2018 yeah I don't 2019 know. uh two years ago whatever, we did the year, just lose, whatever the year was prior to covid we did just lose trevor may though uh is that do you think that's a big loss at all yeah i mean it will be but I don't necessarily think that kills our bullpen. I still think we need to uh, improve our bullpen a little bit. But I don't necessarily think that losing Trevor May is like, oh, crap, the <laughs> Twins you know, won't win yeah, any games next year. Not going to compete. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when we talked about, too, prior to this podcast, the 14 games that the Twins have lost in a row, right, Owen? It's in, in the, the postseason, it's, it's yeah. 18. 18. 18 straight Not games 14, in, the, in the postseason. Yeah, it's the longest postseason losing streak in North American sports. It's the longest current losing streak. Um, 
That's bad. That's bad for anybody listening. That's not good. And 13 of those losses have come against the Yankees, who have, you know, always been our kryptonite, or have always seemed to be our kryptonite in the playoffs. But, you know, you mentioned the young pieces a little bit. Um, You know, the lineup, I feel like, is good. Especially, I mean, we got Josh Donaldson, the bringer of rain, or whatever his nickname is. Bad signing. Do you think Josh Josh Donaldson was a bad signing? I don't even what what kind of year did he have last year? I don't even terrible. Know. He was hurt the whole year. Oh, Josh Donaldson gets hurt every year. Um, I, yeah, I I don't necessarily think that we needed him. We don't need more bats. We've always needed pitching, but we did kind of get a decent contract for him, and he was available. And the Twins thought that last year was going to kind of be our year to win it all and you know stack the lineup and you know let's try and hit homers you know and and win the world series but hopefully hopefully in an extended season he'll be able to right the ship i mean it's it was tough with covid especially if he was battling an injury i mean you sure didn't have much time to get healthy and come back and make an impact yeah i i'm just not a personally i'm not a big fan of signing guys past their prime yeah. And Josh Donaldson's definitely past his prime. Not that he can't help your team. It's just I just don't see at that age. You know, Nelson Cruz is an anomaly. Yeah, in baseball, you rarely see so, guys playing at that high of a level for as long as he has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't he above forty? He's or thirty eight. I don't think so. I think like he's thirty eight. Yeah, he's like thirty eight years old. Yeah. No, batting almost 300 and hitting 30 jacks is yeah. nuts. He led our team in homers last year. Is I that 40? Si- no. Last year he only had 16 because of the shortened season. Garver, Mitch Garver was also another guy who had a really disappointing year last year. He almost had a Lomo year. <laughs> <laughs> and where I don't know how. Yeah. Well, he, he was so bad. Every time, and he got hurt a couple times. But every time he stepped up to the plate, he struck out. Was he our main catcher? Yeah, I think we had him and Avila. Alex, okay, Avila. Yeah, Alex Avila. And he's definitely not, you know, a premier catcher. But Garver's we, young though, right? He's Yeah, young. we were we were counting on Garver and he was in a contract year. Garver's we re signed him. <laughs> we were signed him for basically nothing. And he'll probably come into the season being our backup catcher. And for a guy who can you know, he is a he guy. Can hit. He can oh, hit yeah. with power too. Potential wise, he could be a guy who could have thirty home runs and bat like two eighty. That's huge for a catcher because you yeah. know a lot of these catchers are just defensive guys. You know, they're really good at framing or whatever, and you you expect your catcher to hit two, you know, low average, low homers. So if he can bring some pop at that catcher position, that's a game changer. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, Molina's been playing for forever, but yeah, I think Yachty, yeah. I would expect that the MLB is going to kind of slowly drift towards more offensive catchers just because that's kind of how the league's gone. Yeah. But, I mean, you did talk about pitch framing and all that, but I feel like that's something that you could teach. And that's, like, something that they have worked on with Garver, I know, too. Yeah. Yeah, you see uh, John Boy did a breakdown on YouTube of, I think it was Garver or some catcher, and it was literally, it was about framing, and it, it, it was a ball just completely out of the zone, but... What they're they're teaching catchers now is to to get under the ball if it's like a low pitch and um just like I don't know flick your hand up a little bit and I mean you really can fool umpires with these framing I mean like it, they'll make it look like a strike and it, it you know the you'll see batters getting pissed off but 
that's just a great job by the catcher to literally steal a strike. So that is incredibly valuable. I still think that one of the funniest things is a bad frame. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like a pitch is just not even close. But the guy still tries to somehow bring it back into the zone. Some guys are sarcastic about it, too. Like, they'll know it's so far out of the zone, and they'll make a joke to bring it back in. And that's that shit is funny. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that'll be interesting to see with Garvin if he can kind of bounce back. Our uh, pitching staff was kind of up and down last year, too. So. Yeah, so we've got Barrios. He's solid. Kenta Maeda. Odo... Oda Rizzi was an all-star, was he not? But he, he fell off the second half of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Did they have an I don't think they had an all-star game. Oh, maybe not. But oh, I think Odo was an all-star in 2018-2019, maybe? Yeah. Um, And let me preface, or let me just say that I, I don't know everything about baseball, and I, I might be wrong on some of, some of this shit, but... Hold on, Owen. You were one of the best baseball players ever at Jefferson High School. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually retired my jersey. Well, no, they haven't yet, but I think it's going to happen soon. No, they did. Yeah, they yeah. Did. it's in the rafters, number two. It will never be worn again by a Jefferson baseball player. Yeah, it's in the rafters in the basketball arena. Yep, yep. They put his baseball jersey in the basketball arena. Yeah, soccer too. to do with it. Yeah, soccer too. I didn't even play my senior year, and they still retired it. Um yeah, the Twins pitching staff, I mean, you got – Barrios is a stud. He's solid. Um, who, who else do you got? I think that Barrios will be our third pitcher. Third? Yeah. Behind who? Maeda and Odo. Yeah. And we got um, Urban Santana still? No. Fuck no. Um, Dude, oh, what Michael are you pa- – No, Michael – What are you talking about? Michael Pineda. Yeah, yeah, big Mike. Big Michael. He was good on the Yankees until he had that pine tar incident. <laughs> like a fucking idiot. Um. Also, pardon my French, one of these days we're going to put out a podcast where there's no swear words, um, but today's not going to be that day. Um, Michael Pineda, he didn't mean to put the pine tar there. He just <laughs> happened to be there. Yeah, just accidentally got some pine tar. Was it on his neck or was it on the bill of his cap? Because I've seen pitchers do it both ways. I think his was on his neck, yeah, but I, no, I, think I, think it, he's, I think he's had... It happened to him twice. <laughs> I think he had a run-in with the pine tar twice. I feel one like time I haven't on saw the, him pitch in a while. One time on the arm, and then one time on the neck. And then he did have uh, performance-enhancing drugs, too. Yeah, good. So, he's been, you know, through it all. <laughs> and then, to round out the rotation, it looks like we got Randy Dobnik and Devin Smeltzer. Smelly Smeltzer. He had, and he had a good year last year, I'm pretty sure. Who's still driving Uber? What do you mean? Oh, was was that Randy Dolnick? That was that story, right? Yeah, I think there was some big story about him being an Uber driver. That sounds right. Something on Twitter with that. Yeah. So yeah, the the Twins rotation will hopefully be able to, you know, be solid enough. And then the bullpen, we always seem to have some issues with the bullpen, but Taylor Rogers ha- has looked good, really good at times. Tyler Duffy, as you mentioned, sounds like he's a stud, or at least solid. So, yeah, hopefully the pitching can can stay solid. Because, I mean, that's how you're going to win championships in the MLB. And our lineup has hitters, but I was talking to Jack before this too. I have a real issue with, like, Miguel Sano hitting 204. He hit 204 this year. I don't. How? How? Dude, that's that you're getting a hit two out of ten times. How are you okay with that? If you're Sano, 
Like how I don't get that. Well, he hits home runs, so. Well, yeah, and he's a home run hitter. You know, let him swing. Okay, but you know the thing, the Twins for as good as the Twins' offense was, you know, Bomba Squad and whatever, you know. We scored one run in both playoff games against the Astros. One run is not going to win you baseball games. Well, I think part of that is just kind of this whole aura about the Twins and being bad in the postseason. And, you know, that's kind of gotten on to these younger players. And So what, you players. think it's in their head? It's in the organization. It's in their head? Yes, yes. Oh. It's in the head of the players, the coaches. Everybody knows it. They talk about it in the media. <laughs> you know, what's his name? Uh... Joe Buck? <laughs> no, no. Joe Buck is... The worst. Nah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shout out Randy Moss, but... Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, Rocco Baldelli, he's getting the questions about the Twins and, you know, our, our postseason record and all that, and I feel like that has an effect on it, and they're hitting, and I think it's just kind of chance, too, that we've, you know, baseball is such a and up and down, and some guys are in slumps. And, yeah, anything and all that. can happen on any given day in baseball. Yeah, so I think we kind of haven't came in to the playoffs playing well either. Yeah. You know, where we've played well maybe a month or two before that or a month and a half before that and then kind of dropped off. So I think that's part of it. But, you know, there is something kind of to baseball and coming down to the fundamentals Maybe later. There's, in the I don't know. There's just none of it anymore. I mean, they just station every, to station. Everybody, hitting. yeah, everybody wants to go up there and just hit home runs. Just, just swing for the fences. And if you, if they hit sub two fifty, they don't care. You know, nobody cares. And again, we had one run and we had three hits and four hits respectively in in those two games. And that's that's just not going to cut it. And so much was made about how good the Twins' offense was. And you know, if they're not hitting home runs, what are they doing? I mean bunt you know do a hit and run just get a run in like sometimes you gotta play the small ball of baseball um so yeah oh and you were the king of small ball though well yeah yeah fake bunt slash hit and runs slap it to the right side gotta love it well here i pulled up the the dodgers 2020 stats and uh seager i don't think he played all the games but he had a 307 average. So did Justin Turner. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Mookie Betts had 292. So, I mean, maybe there is kind of a point to the Twins not necessarily having some average guys. Because I don't think in our – did we in our last year, did we have any guys that were above 280? So the only guys that hit above 300 for the Twins was Nelson Cruz, and he had a full slate of games. He had – how you know couple injuries but nothing yeah, major yeah and that's again just goes to show you how talented he is and how you know much he dedicates to the, the baseball uh, and then Luis Arias who didn't play as many games he only played in like half the games Luis Arise. okay whatever thanks for the correction um but yeah other than that we had who was it uh Marwin Gonzalez is at 211 batting average, as I mentioned, Miguel Sano, 204, Max Kepler, 228, Josh Donaldson, 222, I mean, Byron Buxton, 254, that's just not good, it's it's not good, and I, I just, and 
you know, I think a lot of it is just the way baseball is going. I think we've seen a shift in the past few years with the game in general. More teams are valuing the long ball. And if you can get three runs in one swing or, you know, one run in one swing, of course, you're going to want that as opposed to a single, Um, you know. But so I don't know how much you can fault the players really as much as it is uh, just the game kind of shifting eras per se. Well, and all those guys didn't have that bad of averages last year. Yeah. So you come into the season, you're going to think you're going to hit a bunch of home runs and that you're going to get on base quite a bit. And baseball just doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, Every year is different. And the guys that can be consistent year in and year out are obviously going to be the ones who are going to be successful. And, you know, Kepler had a bad year. Sano didn't have as good of a year. Um, and these guys so, are again are still hitting homers and getting RBIs and you know uh, making an impact. But I, the way I kind of compare it or see it is like the NBA shifting towards more three point shooting. I, I just think it's in a weird transition pe- period where the MLB is the MLB has always been a super analytical sport too. I mean, j- with Moneyball and the whole Oakland Athletics, you know, uh, Billy Bean. Uh, you know, that's a super cool story. Everybody needs to go watch Moneyball. Oh, and you are Billy Bean, though, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, never. Never. Billy Bean's a goat. Um, but yeah, baseball's always been about heavy about analytics, so I think it's just in a weird transition period, and you'll probably see it balance out in the next few years. Um, and, you know, the guys that hit for average are going to be more important than maybe ever because you don't see a lot of those guys anymore. It's all It's all home runs. Well, here's the interesting thing, though, that just kind of came to my mind about MLB and the NBA. I think that in in the NBA, shooting three-pointers, that kind of started with the AAU high school culture kind of bleeding. love bringing AAU into this. <laughs> yeah. No, no, seriously. It kind of started with the AAU, NBA, or not, AAU, high school, college, and then kind of went to the NBA. Mm. I felt like the NBA didn't start the three-point shooting. Yes, it did. Don't no. get me started on it because you know who started it is Steph Curry. Yes, but he was doing that in college. Yeah, he was. And people were doing that in high school, just going off from three and shooting three-pointers. A lot of teams and a lot of coaches were telling their guys, you know, we need to shoot the three-ball better because that's super important for having an efficient offense. Yeah, three-pointers well, is more than two. <laughs> well, I feel like in baseball – Part of it is kind of the analytics, yeah. but MLB has kind of started that. I don't necessarily think that's something that's started in the high school ranks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super... High school baseball, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think guys are like, all right, boys, we're, we're going yard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you better be going yard uh, 20 times, you know, <laughs> your, season. your senior season. Like, yeah. I don't know... You know, if that's really going on in the high school, college, maybe a little bit. High school, but... not at all. I mean, you're lucky to see a kid hit five homers in a season. You know, like that is rare as hell. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, it'll it'll probably balance out and it's in a weird transition period. And we'll save, you know, the, the basketball because Steph Curry is the reason that the three point shot became as important as it is. And I will. It's, it's him. It, it was it was him. I think though, like you got to look at guys like JJ Redick at Duke, like that was a guy who lit it up. <laughs> JJ's a sniper, dude. He is, but 
Steph Curry, just the, the level of difficulty on the shots he took um, and the freedom, you know, he was in a great situation at Davidson with Bob McKillop and, um, you know, <laughs> name drop, <laughs> name drop. Shout out to Bob McKillop, dude. You know, these mid-major coaches, they need to get more credit. He's getting on the pod. Yeah, that's the next guest. We're, we're shooting him a, a, a text. But yeah, we'll save that that for another time. So, yeah, there was another one of those tangents that you'll often get on these pods. But, Jack, let me ask you this question about the Twins. Do you think this is the year that they finally snap the postseason losing streak? Uh, I think odds are in their favor. I would I would agree. Just because, like, how long, how much longer can this go on? Like, it's got to snap eventually. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. You know, I think that every year the team comes in and, at least the last couple years, you know, we've had a decent roster, but we just haven't been able to do it in the postseason. And you'd think that this roster this year is going to shape up and be, you know, pretty good and competitive. So, yeah, you know, odds are they're going to win at least one. Yeah, but you don't necessarily know. Yeah, yeah, and you know, hopefully a game turns into a series win, and then you go from there. Um, uh, but yeah, like you said, they've got the talent. There's no reason that they shouldn't be able to win a postseason game. And you know, maybe with with these young guys, you hope that they can kind of break that stigma of the postseason losing streak and you can kind of get that out of their heads. Yeah, and, you know, I'm looking forward to maybe seeing Royce Lewis in the next couple of years, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to kind of see, you know, maybe go down to uh, uh, CHS Field in uh, St. Paul now that the, the Twins are, you yeah, know, the St. Paul Saints. You had to the, get that in there. Yeah, the, the AAA affiliate. So I'm excited for that, just kind of, you know, maybe make a couple trips over to St. Paul and, you know, watch some, some good baseball in a different environment. So, yeah. So we'll finish up with the twins talk here, but so explain that a little bit. So the Rochester twins affiliate, they are no longer the AAA for the twins, right? Yeah. So with COVID, I know there was a lot of change that happened with minor league baseball and Rochester Red Wings out of Rochester, New York, are not the Twins AAA affiliate anymore. And I believe the plan is, they haven't made an, an official announcement yet, but the plan is is to have the St. Saint Paul Saints as the Twins AAA affiliate. The Saints were playing independent ball, which... Uh, I know a lot of St. Paul residents and people who are really passionate about the Saints you know, are probably going to be a little bit ticked because there was kind of a an avid fan base that they had there. Yeah. And that did kind of uh, attract a lot of players to come play there. But with that facility and it being so close to you know Target Field, that's going to be a huge asset for the Twins going forward. Yeah, I was so sure that it was just Rochester and Minnesota. <laughs> It was yeah, it's not. You know, me being such a twins addict, <laughs> I always have to explain to people that Rochester is in New York. There's a Rochester, New York that has I don't know what their population is, but I believe it's it's somewhat large. It might be bigger than Rochester, Minnesota. But yeah, so yeah, yeah the twins are nice. the twins are on the move to uh their triple A affiliates on the move to uh CHS Field and the St. Paul Saints. <laughs> As for the NBA, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, there was just the big Russell Westbrook for John Wall trade, and I believe the exact details were Houston is sending Russell Westbrook to Washington, and Washington is sending John Wall in the first round pick to the Rockets. Um, 
so Jack, I mean, your your first impressions. Who who won that trade? I definitely would have to say Washington. I really don't know what an injured, you know, severe injury to John Wall as Houston. You don't really know what you're getting. I think they're going to maybe use that pick down the road and they're kind of thinking rebuilding or they might try and, you know, bulk up some assets to try and get another piece. I don't know. Who who knows how good that pick is even going to be, though. I mean, Washington, I, I agree with you. I think Washington won that trade. Um, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal is going to be a dynamic backcourt. And if you look at Russell Westbrook and John Wall as players, I mean, they they're they're similar in their strengths and weaknesses and their style of play. I think Russell Westbrook at his best was obviously better than John Wall ever was at his best. I mean, Russell Westbrook was a an MVP and he averaged a triple double in the season, but he's looked he's looked rough these past couple of years. And his, who Russell Westbrook? No, yeah. Well, he was an issue. He was a problem in Houston. I mean, his his outside That's... shooting is is not good, and that that really hurts an offense. It's not like he's a great decision maker either. I mean, he just plays full speed, and that's well, that's because James Harden needs the ball all the time. And okay, Russell so, Westbrook. Here's I the mean, thing: Russell Westbrook is a player who he can feed the ball to other guys, and but he does need the ball in his hands. Yeah. Like he needs to be that playmaker. And Bradley Beal is strictly a shooter. Well, that's why I don't so, think Houston gained much in this trade because I, it, it doesn't change what they're going to do. I mean, it's still just going to be hard and isolation ball. And I think there is something to be said for if anybody goes to play with James Harden, I'm not sure. It, it's going to be tough for them to look as good as they typically would just because James Harden is so ball dominant. Um, and again, their offense is literally just iso Harden. Well, that's why I think Chris Paul was such a perfect Fit yeah, that made more Houston. sense than Westbrook or I think John Wall will. Um, John Wall's, I don't think John Wall has much left in the tank. Well, personally. it's hard to say because we haven't seen him and it's been like a full two years. But even before his injury, I don't know, I just... He was electric. But I don't really think he was trending in like the right direction. Like well, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily see him as like a guy who I thought like, wow, you know, he's going to win his team a title. I don't know, but he was a top five point guard in the league, at least. At least. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's a double-double machine. He he's a, he is a good playmaker. Maybe. No, he is. He is. Um, And people people forget about John Wall because we haven't seen him in so long, but he, he was a good player. He was, you know, doing the 360 layups in his prime. And that, that, Washington, team, that Washington team was always just a little weird. I mean... You know, they you always felt like they were going to get further in the playoffs than they would. They would be like a four seed, and then they'd get eliminated early. I I always felt that team had really weird centers. Well, they had Gortat, the, yeah, Pol- the Polish yes. hammer. Yeah. Shout out to Peter Yaki if you listen to this. Yeah, I I know he's got the the Gortat jersey, I I believe, and yeah, the Polish hammer. What about didn't they have like Nene? They um did they have Nene at the time? They might have, yeah. But, yeah, again, I mean, you just – that was a failed experiment in Washington. And then, you know, reports started to come out about whether John Wall and Bradley Beal really got along with each other, whether they wanted to the, to play together. And they were an organization that was just kind of running in place in the Eastern Conference. So I think it's good that – I think both of these teams needed to switch it up. I think Houston knew that 
Russell Westbrook and James Harden wasn't going to win them a championship, and that's what they're striving for in Houston. I really don't know still. I mean, we this is kind of reiterating it, but I still don't know what John Wall gives Houston that improves their squad in any well, way. Well, yeah, as again, I mean, John Wall and Russell Westbrook are very similar in their strengths and weaknesses. John Wall is not a great shooter. He's not going to stretch the floor. He... You know, he, he's another guy that needs the ball in his hands. So it's it's really like a one-for-one a one almost. I mean, they're trading very similar pieces. And the main reason why I would say that Washington won the deal is because just because of the Eastern Conference and the conference that they're in. Um, they, they have more of a chance to make noise in the Eastern Conference, um, I would say, than Houston does in the Western Conference. Um that it's kind of been a failed experiment in Houston. I mean, let's just face it. The small ball thing didn't work out. Daryl Moore is in Philadelphia now. Um, and so I think just if you can switch it up, Bradley Beal had an all-star year. They got rid of D'Antoni too. Who, Houston? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's tough to say what, what the deal is with Houston. And, I mean, Harden wanted to get traded at a time, but the organization said they have no plans of doing that. The Wolves tried that. <laughs> yeah, with, with what? With with Jimmy Buckets. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not going to trade you, Jimmy. Yeah. And then he threw a hissy fit on the floor and we ended up having to trade him. So. Yeah, I don't think you, uh, I don't think Harden's going to do that just because of he literally gets anything he wants in Houston. I mean, that that is might as well be the Houston Hardens. I mean, they just, you know, the offense is made for him. The team is made for him. There was a report that he had a preference of playing with John Wall over Russell Westbrook, so of course they're going to make the deal. Um, But yeah, I I don't know how much better it made either team. I would say just from the Wizards being in the Eastern Conference, and Russell Westbrook's a good player, and Bradley Beal was an all-star last year. Um, So I think Washington probably won that trade. And they gave up the kitchen sink for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So Houston doesn't really have much. I think getting that pick kind of gives them like, okay, you know, now we have a little bit to play with. Yeah. And they can maybe do something. But, yeah, I mean, they were really all in on Russell Westbrook and Harden, you know, kind of doing something. Yeah, I think we're just about to the point where we can say that Houston's window is closed with Harden. I mean, he's already wanting out. It, you know, it just seems like, they tried the small ball thing. It's not going to work out. And with as many good teams as they're on the Western Conference now, is John Wall really going to bring you to the top of that list? He's not. Yeah. I mean, I think a team for me, uh, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but I think Denver is kind of a team in the Western Conference I have as a sleeper. They look super good in the bubble, and I think their bench and their depth, they've got pieces over there. And Defense is their thing. I mean, Jokic can't guard a soul. They would just put him in pick and rolls, and he he can't move. He's a great offensive player. Didn't he lose some weight, though? He lost some weight. Yeah, skinny Jokic in the bubble. Yeah, everybody made a big fuss out of that. Um, I heard he just stopped eating. That, that's what? what? <laughs> <laughs> just, like, fasted? Yeah, that's, that's what uh, everyone was just telling him, like, Jokic. Stop eating. <laughs> and then he started losing weight. Yeah, he was big, dude. He he was he moved weird. He moved he was slow. So yeah. He's kinda got clunky feet. Like. He does. No, that's what I mean. He doesn't move well. He he can't guard and teams would just attack him. Um Donovan Mitchell, when they played Utah, they would just attack him. And they should have lost that series. 
They, I think, I don't know, was it 3-1? Anybody listen? I think it was 3-1 in that series. Utah was up. And Denver came back winning, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, Denver went down 3-1 to Utah. And it really looked like Utah was just in control of that series. And it really took Jamal Murray just to start playing out of his mind for them to come back and, and win that series. Yeah, no, I watched that series, and Jamal Murray in the fourth quarter was nuts. He went crazy. He had 50 points in the game. He had 42 points in the game, and he had a really impressive series. But, yeah, Utah should have won that series. Um, but, yeah, I think Denver, they're they're a dangerous team, and especially if Michael Porter can keep developing. He, he's a, you know, he was going to be the number one pick if he didn't have that back injury at Missouri. I don't think he played a single game in college. And it ended up, he, he slipped on draft night. He ended up getting drafted. I think it was 14th to the Nuggets. But he, he got some minutes in the bubble. He And people were getting on uh, Denver's coach, Mike Malone, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And people were getting on him about not giving Michael Porter Jr. minutes earlier in the season because they needed him in the bubble. They needed him in late later in the season. So why would you not develop him a little bit earlier? Well, that's the thing. Like Denver is so deep. They have so many different guys yeah. and so many different lineups where it's like you have a guy like Michael Porter Jr. coming off the bench and it's like we don't really need him right now. He's such a wild card. I mean, he's 6 foot 9 and he's a great offensive player. Like that's dangerous. Yeah. No, he he's definitely a special talent. Him and it, him and Harry Giles <laughs> are like two guys that are kind of similar. Like, they ended up getting hurt. They were supposed to be super high draft picks, but not, ended up not being super high draft picks. Yeah. Giles is in Sacramento, right? Yeah, he just got, uh, he signed with someone. Someone? Okay, well, I'm not too worried about Harry Giles. I, I haven't heard much of him in the NBA. I think it's safe to say Michael Porter's upside is better than Harry Giles at this point. What do you mean? Yeah, whatever, dude. Harry Giles, he I haven't heard him do shit in Sacramento. Um, he's got a role, Owen. Yeah. Everybody's got a role. Yeah, he, he'll maybe figure it out. But yeah, again, as you mentioned, I think he he dealt with ACL injuries or he yeah. tore his ACL. Yeah, so it's it's tough. Jabari Parker, that's another name too. Yeah, and he had a he had a good year or so in Milwaukee. I think he, he he's uh, I think he might be in Atlanta now too. I don't know. He he's been a tough guy to keep track of. He's been on so many different teams. And he's still so young. Like, Yeah. He's been all over the place. Another guy to mention on Denver is Bull Bull. I mean, you, I don't know. Second round pick. What is he? Seven foot three? Seven, or is he seven seven or some shit? Saying I don't know is a perfect way to describe Bull Bull. Yeah, you just don't know. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know who he is. Yeah. You, you know, he's just kind of like... You know what is this? <laughs> <laughs> but another another asset for Denver, um, Tory Craig is another guy for them, who's just solid. Gary Harris, he was injured as well for a time, but when he came back in the bubble, he was starting to play well. And people were talking about Denver as a as a sleeper or dark horse in the bubble. So that's definitely going to be a team to to watch. Obviously, you got the Lakers; they're reloading the Clippers. Um, and we've talked about the Western Conference, so it, it's going to be a bloodbath. So there was a question on first take this morning uh, as I was watching first take that they asked that I, I was interested by. Oh, and what's first take? Dude, stop it. it first take, 
ESPN, it airs 9 to 11 in the mornings. Just great TV. You got Max Kellerman and Stephen A. going back and forth, and then you got Molly Kiram. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. I believe she is married to Jalen Rose. Really? Yes. Okay. But yeah, I, I feel so bad for her sometimes, dude. She's tasked with maybe the hardest job ever, trying to keep Stephen A. and Max Kellerman in line. And I don't know, dude. The more I listen to that show, though, the more Stephen A. pisses me off. He, like... I love Stephen A, and he he's he's great for the sports industry. But he just like I don't know. He just tries to make too many jokes, and it's like, dude, just get get to your point. Like, what you know? He'll totally avoid the question for a few minutes. Whatever. He's entertainment. He is entertainment, and he is the typical rags to riches story. He started off as like a Philadelphia sports writer, and now he's on ESPN, and he's got like the whole show is basically branded around him and his personality. So. Super fucking cool. So the question that they asked on first take was, who wins more titles in the next three years, Lakers or the field? What are your thoughts, Jack? I'm taking the field all day long. I think the Lakers have a good roster, but you just got to think chance. You know, I'm a, I am like to bet a little bit of money sometimes when I'm sad <laughs> and lonely. So you got to think, you know, what is my betting odds here? And you got to think the field. Injuries happen, weird things happen. It's not a slam dunk. You know, you can't walk into a season and think, oh, you know, the Lakers are going to win it all. Yeah. It's sports, weird shit happens. Weird shit happens. And there's just so many good teams in the league right now. There's so many good teams. I don't see the Clippers doing anything personally. Um, I think I think the Clippers, I think Kawhi, I don't see him winning another title. Dude, what? How can you yeah. say that? I, hot take, I disagree. Hot take. I would say... Clippers will not win another NBA championship with Kawhi Leonard on their roster. Hot I don't take. know. They've got their own their own shit that they that they got to work through. I watched a TikTok. Um, oh. Big TikTok guy. Oh, don't... Oh, that's... Yeah, we'll get into TikTok maybe. We'll save that for a different time. Huge TikTok guy. Yeah, yeah. Huge TikTok guy. Fuck and that let me talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let Sorry. me talk. Go ahead. Paul George said that Doc Rivers' offense didn't fit him. He said... Ooh, Doc Rivers' offense didn't fit Kawhi? Doc Rivers' offense didn't fit Paul George. Oh, well, Paul George, what was he doing in the playoffs, dude? He, he just... Playoff P crapped the bed. I mean, and I think he's the real issue... When you talk about the Clippers, and they they had their you know chemistry issues or whatever it was, people were salty that they let Paul George live in San Diego when Kawhi had like his own personal trainers or bodyguards or whatever. I mean, they were getting special treatment, but I I think it you how can you say that? I mean, they have the talent to win a championship. Hear me out. The reason that Paul George will not be successful. And with Kawhi Leonard, and they will not win another NBA championship, is because Paul George said that he did not get enough touches in uh, L.A. last year. He said that he's a player that needs flow and that he needs to get touches. But stats came up and ended up saying that he had more touches last year on ball than he had ever had in his career. Yeah, dude. Paul George might just be a 
a whiny baby. I mean, because, and his thing with Damian Lillard, his beef with Damian Lillard, you don't go at Damian Lillard, dude. I mean, and I, I don't remember what the beef was necessarily, but they went back and forth in tweets. But Damian Lillard is a killer. I mean, he, he talks the talk and he walks the walk. And Paul George, I mean, they got they got baby. They ended up blowing, uh, was it a 3-1 series lead too? I think they blew a 3-1 lead and it was, so I think the Clippers, you, you talk about him saying the offense doesn't fit him or whatever. I think that is the one thing you could say is like a big issue with the Clippers is that they don't have a ball handler. They don't have a guy to make Kawhi and Paul George's life easier. But I think, I mean, Paul George. That's, that's Pap. Patrick Beverly's job. That is not, yeah, he's, that is not his role. And Reggie Jackson, like Landry Shamit, like who are their guards? I mean, they just, they just don't have the guys. Owen Campbell. Yeah, yeah, get me in there. I'll, I'll get Paul George a couple open looks. But if he's just going to keep throwing him up, throwing him off the side of the backboard in the playoffs, I mean, this is a guy who, who was in MVP, MVP conversations at the time. Um, so I think, I think he's in his head. I think Paul George is in his own head. Yeah. No, I, I definitely do not see the Clippers uh, winning another title this year. I just think they have too much going on there. And yeah. I don't think that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard necessarily have the pieces either. Like, their team is good, but I don't see them having the pieces like the Lakers do. Yeah, and the Lakers just reloaded. They had a good free agency uh, offseason. They got Montrez Harrell from the Clippers. Um, and they, they got rid of Danny Green and they ended up getting Wesley Matthews and a couple other guys. So they're, they're ready to go. I'm hoping for a big Eastern conference. I'd like to see the heat maybe back in it again next year. And Brooklyn would be kind of fun to see KD. Yeah. Who knows what's going on there? You know, KD and Kyrie. I, you know, KD is unbelievable. He is so talented and such a good offensive player. Yeah. Super fun to watch. And. You know, he could be argued as the best offensive player in the league. So. I don't think that's even a question. I think he is the best offensive player in the league. I think he's over the best. Harden. Yeah, I think he's the best offensive player in the history of the game. I mean, a, a seven footer who can stretch the floor from thirty feet and who can take you off the dribble. The question with KD is obvious. What's that Achilles going to look like? Is he going to be able to move as well as as he was? Um, and, you know, there's only been one player to come back from a torn Achilles to have an all-star or to make an all-star appearance, and that's Dominique Wilkins. And so you just you just don't see guys come back from a torn Achilles as their old self. Well, I mean, that was a really long time ago. Yeah. And, I mean, medicine today is better than it's ever been. Yeah. So, you know, you can only hope that he'll be coming back and, and doing well. Yeah. So as it comes to Lakers versus the field, I'm I'm gonna take the field too. Just with how as many good teams as there are in the Western Conference and in the East, and you don't know what Giannis is gonna do. But if he leaves in free agency, it's not like he's gonna go to some slouch. You know, he's gonna go to a contender. Well, people were talking about him going to L.A. Yeah, the Lakers. I don't know. Who who knows, dude? I don't think anybody really knows what Giannis is gonna do. Um. But, you know, to mention on the Lakers, LeBron keeps getting older, you know, and nobody nobody is beating Father Time. Father Time is undefeated. <laughs> well, LeBron is unbelievable. At his age, you know, the season that he had last year is incredible. I think a lot of people overlook him and kind of, you know, forget how old he is. Yeah. 
So it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredibly impressive what he's doing. It it was year seventeen, I think, for him in the league, and he's still a dominant force. Um, and I think next year they they gotta be the favorites for the championship. But you've just got so many ascending teams that in the next three years or you know whatever their window is with LeBron and AD, it's gonna be tough for them to to win more titles than the field in the next three to five years. I personally think it's silly to start a season and say, this team's going to win it all. It's just so hard to predict. You know, there's Not so if many... you have AD and LeBron and you're reigning champs. Yes, but all it takes is one slip in LeBron's knee or, you know, AD's ankle or whatever. And, you know, there goes their postseason or knock whatever. On, knock on wood, but LeBron doesn't get injured. He, he pays $10 bucks a, a year on his body. He, he's, you know... He knows what he's got to do to stay healthy and to perform. Yeah, all he's got to do is land on one person's foot. Yeah, and, you know. I guess silly things happen. Weird things happen. Yeah, so I think the Lakers got to be the favorite for next year. But um, you know, I personally would love to see Toronto too. You know, they're I don't know. They're a fun there's team. So, there's something about Toronto um, that I really like about their team so Masai Ujiri shout out Fred Van Vliet for getting his bag he put out a tweet in like 2016 he tweeted bet on yourself and he just got paid a fat contract and he ended up retweeting it and it's a super cool story so good for Fred Van Vliet um and yeah so the NBA season tips off on December 22nd so we've got that coming up so we'll see how it all plays out go Wolves go Wolves baby yep so now that we're talking about the Wolves, um, what's going on with Malik Beasley, man? Well, he signed a contract, and you know he's at the mall, and you know hanging out with Larsa Pippen. Yeah, so you did see that? Huh? Oh, I saw it. Oh, dude, yeah, that I can't believe him, dude. He just got arrested a couple weeks ago, and it was for oh, it was longer than that. Ago. It was okay. It was over the summer, I believe. But it was he had it was for drugs and felony gun possession i believe and it was he had a lot of weed on him it was like 85 grams or something so like what's what's he doing with with all that um and the larsa pippen thing larsa pippen is 46 years old malik beasley is 24 years old malik beasley has a wife and a child and a child and and yeah he he was seen on a on a date with larsa pippen holding hands and his wife was caught completely off guard by it, and, and social media had a field day with it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basketball. It's, just know, a, it's, it's NBA. You know, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't even know as, as fans. I personally don't think it's something where it's like, oh, no, we need to worry about Malik Beasley. I don't know. I just, I just don't like – I think that's just a bad look for the Wolves. And – it won't affect his play. It shouldn't, and he'll still get buckets, and you know he, he'll be a good player for the Wolves. But just reckless, and that you don't it, think that stuff's happening on other you know very good teams in the NBA. I mean, I'm sure it is, 100 percent it is. But he he's been so dumb about it, and I don't know, like I can't support that. He literally commented on one of her pictures, like I just want to take you on a date and treat you like a queen or some shit. And it's like, bro, you're just publicly like going behind your wife's back or or something i and i don't know what their relationship is or but yeah i don't know that that was just weird to me 
Well, I mean, the Wolves were in the news. You know, that's not yeah. a bad thing. Any press is good press, Yeah, when, I guess. When when Chris Humphreys and Kim K, you know, people were talking about, oh, you know, Kim K's in Minnesota and whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, shout out Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And, dude, the Malik Beasley thing, it got even weirder when his emails were surfaced around social media. Did you see that? Because he, he, he typed out, it was like a paragraph long thing to – to Larsa, and he and it, this is where it got me. He ended it with he signed it, Poppy. He signed it Poppy, with an I. Yeah, yes, with an I. Wow. Oh I mean, dude, God. that's a bold move. He's shooting his shot, man. More credit to him, I guess. I wouldn't have thought of that. And and just another thing, he spelled Western Conference wrong. He spelled it W E S T R E N. Well, I'm sure he spelled championships right. <laughs> yeah. That's all he cares about. That's that's one thing I will say about Malik Beasley is it seems like he really wants to win in Minnesota and he's he's gonna play his heart out for the Wolves and he was electric for the team last year and you know the fans seem to embrace him. Um so whatever. This is just some dumb press and it'll blow over, but it, you know, it's it's just been a couple weird months for Malik Beasley. All right, so I think that brings us to the the end of our discussion. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna wrap it up. Got no, I don't I really ever know how to end these things. But yeah, thanks to anybody listening out there. I um, really appreciate you guys giving it a listen. Um, I you know I don't know what platform anybody is listening to on this, but if you could leave a like or a rating, um, that that would greatly help out. Um, so yeah. We're taking this thing to the moon. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Hope everybody had a good day, and take care. Talk to you soon. Actually, it's me. I'm back. So just listening to it through, I realized we forgot to actually get to college football, and we just ran out of time. Um, So you can expect that in the next pod. We'll include that in the next podcast. Um, and this one hopefully will be up Saturday or Sunday, and then you can be expecting one next week for sure. Um, hopefully middle, middle of the week or later in the week or definitely by the weekend. Um, so yeah, that, that's that schedule. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Uh, yeah. So everybody hope you have a good weekend. Uh, thanks again for listening. Bye.